Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. We're going to talk some USC Trojan football, like we always do, with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to his website, harveyhyde.com, for all of his content. The fall camp for 2021 for USC has ended. Had a Coliseum scrimmage over the weekend on Saturday. We're going to talk to the coach about what he saw out there in the final allowed scrimmage for USC as they head into a mock game week and then prep for the opener against San Jose State. If you have any questions or comments for us on the show, you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com or call or text us at 424-254-9141. Leave us a voicemail or send us a text. Uh, I think we got a couple of those this week. We also, on Apple Podcasts, you can follow and leave us a five-star rating uh, and review. Any feedback, suggestions, comments you have, do that over on Apple Podcasts. It definitely helps to grow the show. And a little um, house cleaning, housekeeping, whatever you want to say. Uh, we are going to have Keely York back this week for a show on Wednesday, and we'll have our tunnel vision is going to be moving again. We were doing on Wednesday nights, so that's why we weren't doing our podcast with Keely, but Keely will be back on the podcast. We'll have that regular schedule going again. They'll do their family feud podcast probably on a Thursday or Friday. And then uh, we're going to go back to Sunday nights for our tunnel vision live show on YouTube, Facebook and Periscope. So you can find us there. And then I think during the season, we'll probably do two a week, Thursday nights and Sunday nights, but we're going to start off with Sunday nights. We've got a special guest for you this weekend. So Stay tuned for that. Go to uscfootball.com for all of the information. But sorry for the long preamble. And we have the coach on the line right now. Coach, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. And, Ryan, it sounds like you guys are getting ready for some football. you got quite a lineup there. And I'm going with you as number one. So I'm just glad to be in the huddle with you every Monday morning as we do our podcast for all of you out there. And, again, we want to thank you for being a part of our 2021 season as we get ready to kick it off, Ryan. We are getting ready, and I uh, appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, it's, uh, we're ramping up, getting the schedule back down to North. We had those practices like almost every day, and that's over now. Um, and we're going to get to your thoughts on the scrimmage. We're going to just do on a couple practices a week now. So the scrimmage on Saturday was sort of like, you know, the end of camp, and just this is what now it's going to be. Okay, they're getting ready for games there's still some competition stuff to settle uh and i think they'll do that probably early this week tuesday should be a big practice uh tomorrow and then uh you know we'll check things out later in the week we'll have limited uh viewer we won't be able to view all of the practices anymore because camp is over so some things will be changing on that side but we should get some information on the depth chart right before the first game and all of that, we'll see where you know where guys are playing. That you know, there's battles for the quarterback spot, the the tackle spots, all of that. So we're gonna get to all that in a second, and we're gonna talk about the scrimmage. But there's a couple of newsy things, coach. I want to touch on first. Uh, team captains were named. So two offensive players, Vivai Malapai and Drake London, 
you know, uh, veteran guys, deserving guys. Isaiah Polamau is back again, the safety for USC as a captain. And for the first time since the 90s, uh, Ben Griffiths, the punter, he was named a team captain. Uh, all play, all voted on by the players. Keaton Slovis was a captain last year, not a captain this year. So that's sort of interesting. But I wanted to get your thoughts, Coach, on USC naming their captains. Well, you know, uh, if I had the name, if I was a head football coach and I didn't take a team vote as far as who I thought to be the uh, captains, and a lot of times that's popularity and a lot of politics that go on, but I, I believe that these guys selected good captains, so I won't say that. I don't think there was any coach's influence in that. I would have picked those two in offense. I think they're great leaders. I think they play 100%. They always give the extra effort if you watch them. Run the football as far as uh, Malapi is always the big back that gets the score for you. The first down, they have him in the game. And uh, London, as far as not only being a great receiver, he gets you the extra five yards, or you know you get punished when you tackle him. I, I would take those two guys. That's the way I want my offense to play, the way those two guys play, okay? Upbeat, intensity, love the game. You can see it. Uh, don't want to be taken out of the game either. You almost have to drag them out of the game. Those are the type of guys I like on the offensive side of the football. On the defensive side of the football, I think they did a right. They did the right thing. Palomaro, I think he's a leader. I think he's a playmaker. I think he's a guy that's going to try to replace Hufunga. I like him. I like the way he plays. And rather than just give it to someone else, I think the kids really figured it out. But there's a lot of other people out there who are about even. Uh, I think pick, picking uh, Ben Griffin as far as a, the punter, I think was a, a great thing. I really do, because they think a lot of him. He's an older kid. He probably gives a lot of advice. He holds for the place kicker. I like that. I really like that. But your special team, because your special teams are one-third of the game, and to have him represent that, I think that's really good and to keep the spirit on the special teams. But I think, too, the kids recognize couple of things too that surprised me but they recognize it kids like i've always told you if you told the kids to give you the starting lineup they would do that as long as they didn't have to name their position leaving drake jackson off this is a guy that's already said he's coming out this is a guy that uh, everybody says is going to be an all-american and so on normally you're all americans or a team captain, or a leader in some toy, uh, some way, to be a captain. Uh, he's not on there. And, you know, he hadn't practiced that much or whatever. And, you know, everybody's raving about him and so on. And the scrimmages I've been at, I haven't seen him do a lot. Okay? So and we can get into all that and talk about that if you want later. But those are the things that I notice about the team captains. Who got on and who didn't get on. And then Keaton Slovis being left off. Now, normally your quarterback is a key part of your offense. And and to be a captain and then not be a captain says something to me. Says something to me, didn't do the job or didn't the kids like him or doesn't he have the leadership that's necessary? So I sort of question that and saying, What's going on there in my own mind as far as an outsider? I'm not in the huddle. I'm not in team meetings. But those are the things that I look at when captains are named. So, you know, I just wanted to point that out to everybody else. Nothing against the kid, but the popularity and leadership is what players are looking for to 
to people who can lead them to the victories of what they what they worked so hard to get. So that's my opinion on the team captain. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Uh, you know, Slovis not being on there probably the most uh, glaring um, aspect of it. But I like the the guys that were picked. You know, I think that you got good leaders, like you said, people that are intense football players, um, don't want to come off the field. And having special teams represented, it, you know, that's certainly been underutilized over the years. So um, congrats to Ben Griffiths. And, uh, you know, I think it's a great list there. Um, you also, over the, you know, before the uh, scrimmage over the weekend, uh, USC Athletic Director Mike Bone and uh, Brandon Sosna, his uh, number two, uh, both got to speak to the media. And, uh, you know, there's some interesting comments, obviously, from Mike Bone. A lot of it was about, expectations for Clay Helton, what it would take. And, uh, you know, Mike Bone basically said it's not, you know, a make or break year. They like their trajectory, the way the team is going. Uh, I think Shotgun Spratling pointed this out in instant analysis. If you like their trajectory, then, you know, winning the Pac-12 South last year, the next step is to win the conference. And that's been my thoughts all along, coaches. Clay Helton has to win the conference this year or there could be some, some trouble. But, any uh, thoughts on the comments that, that those guys made after practice? Well, you know, I think it's uh, a politician talking. I mean, he's got to say the right things and, uh, you know, uh, don't put too much pressure on on the coach and say everything's going the right way and we've given everything that's necessary and things are always better uh, under my administration and so on. But I want to see action. I want to see results. I don't want to hear about them, okay? And, uh, and I, you know, I, you know, I've worked with a lot of administrators and I don't know Mike Bone. I've invited him to come on a show, or at least I went through the sports information office to come on a show and he didn't have enough time to do that. So, you know, that sort of, uh, you know, irritated me to a little bit when the UCLA AD couldn't wait to get on the show and, and talk about UCLA football and UCLA athletics. So, you know, I, I'd like to see a bigger commitment then everything's going fine. And, you know, I hear Clay Helton say the same thing. Everything's just lovely. We just had a wonderful practice today. I just love the enthusiasm of our kids. Our kids are so dedicated. Golly, I can't believe it, man. You know, they just want to play and they want to love the game. You know, okay, 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 okay. Don't be a cheerleader. And I don't like cheerleaders like people that back up what's going on. And I want to see more action out of, uh, what people really expect and want to hear, on uh, what people really want out of USC Trojan football. Do these people really know? Do they really remember what the Trojan legacy is and what it was to come in the Coliseum and bring the white flags with you so you would call it off? Please, please, we'll just run the clock, uh, running time only. I mean, remember those great days. And I think that's what people are looking for. People are looking for someone to stand up, whether it's the college president, the head football coach, or the athletic director, and just say it the way people want to hear it. Don't put, don't try to soften up. Just say, hey, here's where we are. Our program right now, this is his fifth year or sixth year or whatever it is, and this is where we're supposed to be. And if we're not there after this year, we're going to get there some other way. Just tell us. People are waiting to hear a statement, not everything is just so great around here. Everything is so great. Yeah, it's great. USC is a great place to go to school. Yes, you have great athletes and so on. All right, what's after that? 
And I think that's what people are waiting to hear rather than tell us always how great everything is and, you know, everything's moving forward and, you know, uh, you know, the, the freeway's getting repaved, the bullet train, <laughs> the bullet train to Fresno or wherever we're headed is making it. Uh, we put more money into the bullet train, but where is it going? Okay. I want to hear more of that going on. I want to hear more real thought. Real. I don't want any vanilla politician talk. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear it happen. Makes sense. Uh, all right. Well, that was just some newsy stuff I wanted to knock out at the top, but we want to get to the scrimmage, the meat of things. Second scrimmage uh, of the fall. Not allowed to have more than that per the NCAA mandates. So this was one we got to see a little bit more of the starting quarterback, Keaton Slovis. Maybe we'll just start on the offensive side of the ball, Coach, and uh, just you know, give me your thoughts. Any kind of things stand out for you uh, during the scrimmage? Yeah, uh, several things do. Um, uh, number one, I don't see a separation between uh, Keaton and the other two quarterbacks. You would think after your third year under the air raid attack that you would be uh, separating yourself from two freshmen as far as there's no question who the starting quarterback is. I mean, I hear everybody telling me what a great day everybody had. and He had more series and this and that. But I don't see a great deal of separation. I mean, uh, if you were to change their jerseys, and I've used this before on this show, I think, and you put everybody in a different jersey and you were sitting up where we do that far from the field and you don't really see their faces and so on, can you tell me who really is who? Really who is who and who's with what unit and so on? I, I, I couldn't do that. Uh, I thought Jason or Jackson uh, Dart uh, looked the best to me, okay? He seems to be a pretty good athlete. He runs really well. He, uh, I thought he directed the team well uh, and did some smart things. I didn't think Keaton did some smart things early in the scrimmage, showing two interceptions and that type of stuff. And, and uh, I, I don't call that uh, a third-year starter, a guy that's up for the Heisman Trophy. Now, I'm not picking on him personally. I'm just talking about quarterback position, separation, Heisman Trophy candidate, everything that's coming out of the sports information office. You know, this is the freeway I've been talking to you about, the bullet train. It's time to separate. If you're a Heisman Trophy candidate, then I want to see that happen. But you've got great receivers out there. And now are they taking advantage of their great receivers? Are they taking advantage of the combinations that they can put together? Are they taking advantage of how to make their football team better with the talent they have? They get all excited when a running back makes 20 yards or 30 yards. Well, I don't think that's something to get all excited about. I expect that to happen. Kristen gave them a a different look as far as having some speed in the backfield and possibly breaking a, a big play. Uh, I think that's part of what you should see. Why make it a, a big deal when a guy makes 20 yards on a running play or somebody makes uh, a touchdown, somebody scores a touchdown on a two-yard run? Well, don't you expect that to happen? That, that's what you have to do. I'd be mad at the defense for allowing it. And talk about we got to get that tough. Uh, we got to toughen up on that. We can't allow that to happen down there. That's make or break a football game. I mean, you got to go back and forth and and say that what's good with the offensive side, or maybe the defense is that good, or whatever. You've got to 
say positive things about the offense, positive things about the defense, and negative things about both when you re- realistically talk about a team. You say, we got some things we got to work on, okay? We got to have more force on the outside now as far as the defensive ends and linebackers coming up the field. We got to better contain. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to tackle better or whatever. I thought the kids covered pretty good. I thought they tackled good. Uh, the fade route, uh, I think, uh, is something which is their favorite route, and, and they throw it a lot, and I thought the kids defended it well, and I thought they completed a couple well. Okay, but the number of times they throw it, they're going for the home run, they're always going for the big play, and again, I didn't see that steady drive that I want to see in a football team to keep your defense off the field, mixing it up, having series, uh, coming off the series, keeping the ball occasionally, yet the quarterback ran once or twice because he didn't have any receivers open, and again, uh, improve on the pass blocking and also the intensity on the offensive line. I think they've decided on the offensive line who their tackle is going to be, and we talked about that, I think, two or three weeks ago when I predicted these would be the offensive tackles, and they are, and I think they're coming along. They're getting better, but I'm disappointed about the inside play. You've got three seniors that have been the same every year. I don't see any separation. I don't hear anybody talking about the interior part of the line. It's all about the bookends, the tackles, what's happening to the tackles, the tackles. Well, what's happening with the inside period of the line? Why aren't we getting better there, or are they getting better there? I mean, let's let's evaluate it all, not just the bookends. How are the seniors, the leaders going on the offensive side of the ball as far as the offensive linemen? And the receivers, you don't have to talk to me about them. They've got a great combination of just who's going to play. Washington brings a lot to the offense. He's speedy. I like his I like his attitude. He's a cocky little guy. I like John Jackson. I like Michael Jackson the third. The cocky little players. I like uh, Ford. I think he's a great. He brings a lot to it. I mean, London. What can you say? Hey, you got some great receivers out there. How are you going to use them? And you need to have some speedy backs. And I think this this kid from San Diego, Kristen. Uh, I I really I re, I really like him. I think he brings some stuff to the offense. He brings you a home run. He's somebody you got to fear a little bit. And I like to see him develop the outside running game a little more. And, of course, the quarterback keeping the football. I've been talking about that for 30 years. And they're not going to do that. So the quarterbacks aren't going to run to hold the backside end at all. Or they just close down inside. And I'm worried about the defense when they face a team that has an athletic quarterback, uh, if they can play one. But they never practice against one. They don't know how to play against an athletic quarterback, so that's going to hurt the defense down the line. So I don't want to just continue going on, but when I see it, are they better? I think they were a little bit better than the week before, but are they ready to play a football game? They are if you're not going to do any more than what you did out there. But, uh, you know, I didn't see the necessary goal line series where you line up and you go 20 plays, 12 plays, or whatever it is from the – five-yard line, 10-yard line. I saw a couple of two-minute drills. I mean, where you become a physical football team, a physical football team where really your nose might bleed and you're not going to die from it. And I, I, haven't, I haven't seen that yet out there, so I hope they're ready to do that against San Jose State or do it when we're not watching practice. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you kind of went over all the stuff on the offensive side of the ball. How about defensively, Coach? Uh, where do you see this team now after watching the scrimmage? 
Well, I think the veteran guys, I think Figueroa knows where he's supposed to line up. Nichols knows where he's supposed to line up. Drake uh, Jackson knows where he's supposed to line up. But I don't see Jake, uh, Drake Jackson in a lot of plays. I mean, a lot of people keep talking, oh, he had a great day, he did this and he did that. But I think they put him in a position where he's got a 50-50 chance to be in a football play. When you're dropping back and the play's going the other way, you're not being able to uh, get into it. I'd I like to see him. He, To me, a defensive end with his ability is 6'4", 6'5", whatever he is. He's 250 now, but make him 275. And let him come across the, the, uh, the, the, the line of scrimmage every single play. Like, just every, like Garrett does, Miles Garrett and these guys do. I mean, every single play, dipping the shoulder, putting pressure on the quarterback where they know he's coming from my black backside. The quarterback's already got an eye in the back of his head looking for him, but he's going to get smacked, okay, or stripped of the football. I don't see that. I don't think they're using these guys the way they should be as far as coming across the line of scrimmage and and putting pressure, whether it's a three-man rush or four-man rush or whatever it is. And the same thing with Foreman. Foreman comes across, and, you know, they make a big thing if you knock the pass down, where if you're 6'6 or 6'5, that's what you're supposed to do if you're not knocking the quarterback down, okay? So you got to get these type of plays, and you got to talk about you got to talk about turnovers. I love the turnovers the defensive caused Saturday. Man, they had some great turnovers. This kid Brown made a nice interception. Uh, trying to think who else did. A couple of these kids. So Jalen, nice... Jalen Smith, huh? Jalen Smith took one to the house. Uh, That's right. Yeah, the the true freshman, Miller Moss. It's funny, Miller Moss and Jalen lived together. Uh, in high school, and uh, they're both true freshmen, and he picks them off for a pick six in the uh, in the scrimmage. Good for him, but you gotta you gotta get excited. And I love the spirit of the defense. I mean, the last play of the game, they they intercepted that pass. The whole defense went on the field. You know, I like that, and I love the job of coaching. Now, let me just tell you that I love the enthusiasm of the defensive coaches. I tell you, defensive line coach is ready to come right down your throat every minute. Uh, even on the officials, he's ripping on the officials at the same time, thinking they're not doing the right job either. And I, I just like that Todd Orlando and his enthusiasm, and he's ready to blow a gasket any minute. And uh, the secondary coaches are out there coaching. I just I like to see that 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 type of enthusiasm. And you know, I'm not on the offensive side of the field, so I don't really hear what they're talking about. When we sit on the press box side, the Offense is always on the other side, but uh, you know, I, that, those are the things I like to see. I like to see people give a damn and and act like you give a, give a damn and and get after it with enthusiasm. The coaches uh, sort of set the pace of what they expect as far as from the players, and I don't know what's happening. Uh, you know, the offensive line, or if they're playing that hard, or if I don't know Clay uh, McGuire at all. And it's nothing against his coaching. He he only has the players that he has out there to coach. So that's the way it goes. But I think that you need to have a little bit more than not just a kickback attitude that we're going to throw the football, we're going to do this, and we just don't get under center here. Yet I look at every game on a, a Sunday damn near an NFL, NFL team now. If you've been watching preseason football, what are they starting to do? Run the football. Run the football more. Get under center. Run the football. Uh, in short yardage, do what you got to do. And yet, uh, I didn't. I've never seen. I know they don't do that at USC, but I don't see them ever under center. Center, never trying to get really physical, and get a nosebleed once in a while. 
All right. I've uh, got, yeah, it's, if you, it's hard to look at this defensive staff coach and not say, wow, this is way better than what they've had a couple of years ago. Um, I think I think a lot of the USC fans that maybe haven't seen these guys in the Coliseum, they're going to share your enthusiasm for uh, the defensive staff and their enthusiasm. They do really get after it. So I, I expect bigger things from the defense. Um, I guess we go to special teams last. Uh, it's nice to get Ben Griffith named, uh, you know, the punter named as one of the um, captains, team captains. I know Parker Lewis, the kicker, really talented, struggled. Uh, you know, he's he's been kind of hit or miss, uh, not been as consistent um, in in that play. And you know, we've had some guys uh, that weren't practicing, like a Gary Bryant Jr. He expect to be one of the main returners. So there's been some guys missing and some maybe some inconsistent play. But any thoughts uh, overall on special teams? Well, you know, <clears throat> kickers are psychos, okay? I used to call them, okay, you psychos, come over here. Because, uh, you know, half the time they're psyching each other out uh, if they can make it or not make it and so on. But one way you give them uh, confidence is they got you got to give them a chance to kick field goals and make them make four in a row, five in a row, and so on. And you got to always finish on a positive note. I always believe that. I believe that you, you put a guy in a position where he can be successful before you put a guy in a position where he can't be successful. And uh, and, and and Parker's struggling right now a bit. He, he's, he is, and he shouldn't be. And I think what he needs to do is to uh, get out there and and practice a lot of 11 on 11 reps uh, rushes uh, and have him kick and kick and kick until he makes 10 straight uh, from a from a short distance and hash mark right left whatever at a short distance until he gets his real confidence okay you got to get your confidence you can't do one from the 20 then 40 then the 45 and whatever I mean, you got to give a guy, you got to just say, hey, you're a damn kicker. Just kick the damn ball. We'll be out here all night or stay after practice and we're going to get it done because you're going to win or lose a football game on his foot or one of their feet, okay? Whoever's kicking. So I think you got to build his confidence up. And right now he's sort of maybe, maybe not. So I just put him where he could kick 10 in a row and get look at me and say, coach, are we going to put it at the 15 yard line rather than the five? Say yeah, you know why? Let him. I'm talking to somebody. I'll just let him kick and kick until <laughs> he makes twenty in a row, and then all of a sudden he's tired of making twenty in a row. And then we move it back a little bit more and more and more, and then eventually he'll be begging to kick a longer one. Coach, let's do a long one, and he'll have the confidence he's going to kick it through to show me that all that stuff I've been having him do, I don't like that. And then we'll be gradually giving him the strength and the things that are necessary for him to have the confidence for us to win a football game. And uh, I think that's right now what he's lacking a little bit, not enough reps as a team situation, and also as far as him having confidence where it's nothing to it. We just do it, you know? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, any thoughts on what you saw the return game? or? Yeah, yeah, but I like the return guys. I think really, I think uh, – they're doing a good job. I like Washington back there. I think he does a great job. Brian, as you mentioned, is hurt. I think that uh, uh, Nixon is is good, but I think that Kristen again, uh, Kristen, I think again is a is a hell of a 
uh, uh, back, and you got to use his team speed. If you don't have your speed on the field, the game of football, as anything else, is speed. And if you're an athlete and you can run and you're fast, well, the other guy better be as fast as you. Or he's not going to catch you. Or you're going to be quicker hitting the scene than somebody else. Or the guy's not going to be able to pursue across the field or take the angle on you, but you're gone. And I think you've got to have your speed guys on the field during special teams and during you know any part of the game if you can. But special teams is all speed when you cover the football when you, you know, kickoff returns, everything you do today, you got to have your speed guys be able to get in the proper position to block the prop, proper people. But the guys coming down on the kickoff are normally, normally your fastest, toughest guys that are good defensive football players that want to put a hit on you, okay? That want to take on a wedge, that want to take on some block, a bunch of blockers that just can't wait to have a collision, okay? These guys are what you call kamikazes. They used to say, give me the kamikaze squad. Get over here. And they understood what that meant, okay? And I think that's the best way to explain it as far as a kickoff team or punt cover team or that type of thing. And and, uh, you've got to use terms sometimes when, you know, maybe today's kids would say, what is that? I'm not quite sure they know. But you'd have to explain it to them by showing them some war picture, okay? (laughs) Some war picture? That would be motivating, right? Well, you know what I mean. Just just tape a little picture and say, watch what this guy did with his plane. Yeah. That's what I expect you to do on the kickoff, okay? Huh? You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. About? Just go down there and blow yeah, stuff up. It's yeah, funny. I just, just want you to understand, kid. This is what it's all about. Yeah. Now, a lot of people out there might think, this guy is nuts. He needs to be put somewhere. But no, sometimes pictures and wordings and and certain things, messages are passed on that way better than just yelling at somebody or something. All right, Coach. Well, good stuff on the scrimmage, uh, breaking down the different uh, position groups or by the uh, uh, different groups on the team, the offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, why don't we take a quick break, and we're going to do a few questions from listeners. So back in a minute. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Coach, we got a voicemail from our buddy Curtis. He's also a Keaton Kristen fan. He wants to see speed on the field like yourself. So let me play this one for you. Hi, Ryan. Curtis from Moreno Valley for you and the coach. We ought to rotate uh, Malapai and Keenan Christian on the first game. Keontae Ingram hasn't even got the hit yet. He got injured before the pads even came on. So let him rest and let the fastest tailback in NCAA football play some series. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Curtis, I just might hire you as my backfield coach, okay? 
Don't resign, though. Whatever job you have, don't resign. But uh, because my chance of getting a head coaching job right now, and and probably didn't want one, didn't go be too good. But uh, I, I want to tell you, you're you're my type of guy. I tell you, get you get speed on the field, you get toughness on the field, you got a little bit of combination of both. And I'm a loyal type of guy. Okay, both these guys came directly uh, out of high school to USC. Both these guys should be beaten out, not just somebody transferring or a freshman kid coming in. I mean, let them take their job from them, okay? Right now, I think that, you know, Kristen is the type of guy that if you give him a lot of reps, he's going to give you a home run. You're going to get a home run. All of a sudden, no yards, no yards, and all of a sudden, oh, my God, he just turned the afterburners on. Give him a baton to hand off to somebody else. That's what you need out there. And the kids get excited, and the crowd gets excited. And you have a guy like Malapiai who's going to punish you. He's the hammer, not the nail. I mean, as a running back at the same time, and you have sometimes both of them on the field at the same time, and I don't know what their plans are as far as that. And I'm not supposed to talk about that stuff anyway, so I'm not. So, you know, I agree with you, Curtis, that, that – you got to give these young players speed and reps and let them know and they're loyal. I mean, why not give some loyalty to guys that have been around three years? I mean, if it's equal or not even equal, the guy returning is the guy that you got to beat out. I mean, uh, Ingram, great kid, probably. I don't even know him. Talented. Is he that much better than these others? I don't know. But these guys are Trojans. These guys came here out of high school. They're not portal guys. And portal guys are great players when you look around. We got some Washington's a portal guy, okay? He's proven himself. And he proved himself if he can be better than the others. But you gotta give some loyalty to your returning seniors, your juniors, your sophomores, whatever, and let them get beat out. I mean, you've got tight ends that have been there for a long period of time. you got to utilize them. Take advantage of what they can do. Put them in a position or don't recruit them. Just recruit big receivers because that's what you're doing, big receivers. This Michael Tripp guy, this is a big receiver, and he does one heck of a job. I'm not, he's a great athlete. He's proven himself. But you don't, I don't see you taking someone's job without someone beating someone out. Yeah. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be. I don't see a freshman or a sophomore being a team captain. Okay, that's just me. Because he hasn't got his stripes yet. He's still a PFC or a corporal. I want my captains to be staff sergeants. You know what a staff sergeant is? He's leading you up the field into the foxhole. He isn't a lieutenant on the hill or a captain with binoculars. Okay? That's the type of guys I want on the field, and that's what I'm talking about. All right. I love it. we got a lot of war references here. Yeah, um, yeah we're somehow getting into that. I know. That's okay. Uh, Mark from the Inland Empire wrote in, Coach. Uh, Coach, glad you're back with the podcast. I have an issue with a recent statement made by Drake Jackson. He said... I'm finished with this place and I'm done at the end of the year. I have a problem with a statement like that being made while he's in fall camp. 
While he's in the middle of fall camp, his statement should have been, I cannot wait for the first game of the season against San Jose State. Maybe I'm old school, but that just says to me that the head coach does not have total control of his players. Don't get me wrong. He's an absolute stud and will go to the NFL, and I think he will go to the NFL and be a first-round draft pick. However, until that happens, his focus needs to be on the game coming up, which is San Jose State. Would love to hear your thoughts. Am I too old school? Thanks for running, Coach Mark from the IE. Well, Mark, you're the first one. I've heard a couple of people tell me that, but I agree with you 100%. You know, if he wouldn't, you know, I'd have probably called him in and talked to him about that statement. But again, how much how much was he told what to say in an interview and not to say in an interview? You know, if you were there for that interview, and I watched it, he was just put out there like against, uh, like he was Clay Hilton. And people were shooting him interviews one after the next questions, question, 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 like he was a head football coach. So I got to have a little uh, pity for him there. He wasn't really protected. Uh, He wasn't having a one-person interview. Uh, He's not a professional as far as getting interviewed, as far as knowing what to say and so on. In a way, he was sort of tooting his horn, but he didn't know how to do that. He said the wrong thing said the wrong thing. You can't say, like, I want to get out of here, away from my teammates, away from the school, the university. No. That wasn't the, the sentence he should have said. And I don't know if he's ever been, if they teach their kids or they sit down and they say, all right, at press conferences, these are the type of questions you, you're going to be asked. These are the type of things you should, way you should answer. Uh, if you're not sure, you say, I, well, I can't answer that. I'm not really positive about what the answer what the best thing is or whatever i don't think he was put in the right situation first of all uh, to, to the way that interview went right i don't know if you were there i watched it on your your video the interviewing of it and all that and that it was done like he was a head football coach and i don't think that's the way he should be people just shooting question on him like three or four i could tell reporters that were there or media people i don't know who they were because they don't show them but he didn't do the right thing, and I don't think that if I was a teammate, if they and he remember he did that before the voting of captains, and a lot of that stuff. Hey, players don't like that either. You think players like so I'm out of here? Hey, man, I don't like that as a football coach. I don't like that as a position coach, and I'm sure his football coaches didn't like that either. And some of you fans that are calling in, I'm sure you didn't like it either. And uh, and uh, I don't know if he shouldn't come back somehow and say, I didn't mean it that way, or, but it's too late now. But I thought it was the wrong thing to say, too. And I would have called him in and talked to him about that. But that should have been done before. I don't know if they have a class in this, but I used to have with my seniors or people that were being interviewed, we'd have a session on the type of ways you answer questions, the way you appear, the way you say, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, please. I appreciated you guys talking to me today. This type of stuff, whether you got to touch a class, okay? It's just a touch of class to go first to class, okay? Why not go first class if you're going to do it? So USC, uh, uh, I don't know if they do that or don't do that. I don't know. I'm not behind the scenes. But you can't miss a base, and I agree with you that, Mark. Uh, Mark, I agree with you. That was something that shouldn't have been said. All right. We're going to end it with a text message uh, from Brian. He said he's one of the biggest USC fans in the United States. 
He was born at St. Francis Hospital in Linwood, California in 1965. I love my Trojans. Can we please go uh, 11-1? and one? And yes, that one is not to Notre Dame. We must beat Notre Dame this year. I think we are recruiting at wide receiver and on offense as a whole is terrible. Uh, but I like what I'm seeing on our defensive side. My question is, do you really think it's reality that we can beat Notre Dame this year? That's from Brian. Well, let me tell you, you can beat anybody this year if you do the right things, okay? And if uh, Notre Dame can beat themselves, and you can beat yourself. I used to say to my team, hey, let the other team beat us, please. Let's don't beat ourselves today. This is going to be an even game. So if they're going to beat us, make them beat us. Let's don't fumble. Let's don't have penalties. Let's don't do stupid-ass things. Let's call a good game. Let's act like we are the Trojans who we're supposed to be. Let's, add this, let's, let's go down there and have a touch of class, please, on national television. And let's come home with a victory. It's a long flight home. We can celebrate all the way home. It's an ab- absolute great victory. Everybody, Chicago will be crazy with our fans. This is the way you've you got to play a game like that. Can they beat Notre Dame? Absolutely they can beat Notre Dame. They've got the same type of, uh, they wear the same cleats we do, the same helmets we do. It's who wears them and what we do with it that decides who's going to win the football game. It isn't the helmet. It isn't the stadium. It's us. And it's the responsibility of the players and the coaches to put themselves in a position to be able to perform and not not get outcoached, not get outplayed. And it's all part of the package. Notre Dame is a beatable team. Notre Dame has a great football program. Notre Dame was beaten last year. And, uh, you know, and they can be beaten this year. And I would say they've got, they lost a lot of players uh, to the NFL. Their offensive line is going to be young. Uh, their defense is going to be uh, somewhat young. They lost a lot of great defense. They got a transfer quarterback, this John Cone from uh, Wisconsin, who's a pretty good player, but he's he's going to be back there. He's a stiff type of guy, which means he's not real athletic, which plays into your hands. Uh, their running backs are pretty good, but you got to have a great offensive line to run the football. So if we don't make any mistakes and we don't beat ourselves, we can beat anybody. And that's the way you got to talk to them. And I, yes, I do think they can go down and beat Notre Dame, and I think they can beat everybody. But is that going to happen? That's the challenge you challenge yourself to. So you go one game at a time, and you try to get better, and you, and the, it's the little things. You can't let termites destroy your program. You know, termites can eat away a whole house. you got to tent it, and, or it's going to eat all your wood away. You know, So you can't let the little things around the program that bother me so damn much, you hear me talking about it, and I don't bring them up all the time because you're tired of hearing me talk about them. But it's the little things that make a difference in a football program. It's the way you ride a bus. It's the way you sit in an airplane. It's the way you look as far as your appearance. It's every single thing you do that when people say, you know, that team was really great to walk through the airport. They were, guy courteous. They looked sharp. Man, I hope they win on Saturday. Rather than a bunch of guys walking through the airport, uh, you know, laughing, making fun, raising hell, uh, you know, 
straggling behind everybody. But it's all, you don't walk through airports anymore because everything's charter. But still, how they leave the plane. Is the plane clean or filthy and stuff laying all over the plane? You know, you know when we used to leave the locker room, I'd have my equipment guy before we left sweep the locker room out. We left it the way we found it. When we got off the plane, a charter, I had our managers clean the plane. So no papers or wrappers or all that stuff would be on the floor. And this plane would say, you know, the, the tenants would say, that was a great team. I liked it. And they'd ask, certain people would ask us to, for our flight to travel with our team. There's all these little things that make such a difference. The buses you ride in, how do you get off the bus? How do you look getting off the bus? Do you look like you're ready to play a football game? I mean, is the bus clean when the driver has to go in and pick up all your wrappers and stuff you left on the bus? All these little type of things represent your football program and your university. And all these things got to be tended to. It can't be loosey-goosey wherever you go. And that's what I'm going to end with. All right, Coach. Great stuff. Uh, looking forward to seeing you out there. Uh, practice again, of course, games coming up. So uh, excited for all of that. But thanks for uh, breaking down the final scrimmage of fall camp. Look forward to seeing your thoughts as the team gets ready to kick it off against San Jose State. But thanks again, Coach. Hey, thank you. Let me remind everybody, too, on uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 30, that's KLAA, the Angel Station and Raiders Station and Duck Station, I'll be having my first show this week with Chuck Hayes. So, Please join us, and uh, I want to wish you all a great week, and enjoy yourself, and uh, you guys take care of yourself, and I'll have a lot to talk to you about before the opening weekend of college football, okay? All right, that's the Coach Harvey Hyde, and thanks everyone else for listening uh, to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show again. Back with uh, Keely Yor this week. There'll be a Family Feud podcast a little bit later this week, and then Sunday night, special guest on our Tunnel Vision show, so... Make sure you check all of that out. But that's the coach. I'm Ryan. Thanks for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 